we're being honest with ourselves, sometimes it's just hard to show up for the front-facing part of our business. Whether you're going through something difficult or you're just not feeling it right now, that's okay. You don't always need to show up and be on, but what we do want to do is to make sure that we aren't eroding the trust that our audience has in us when we do decide to take that step back. Today's guest, Meg Yelaney, has had practice with stepping back from the front-facing side of business, and she's here today to share more about how to show up on social when life is, well, happening. Megan is a business mentor, podcaster, and speaker whose passion truly lies in helping women build businesses that allow them to thrive in their marriages as much as their bank. She's an expert in unique framework development, something that makes her clients stand out to their niche by being their 100% authentic self. She's built three successful businesses, the latest to over 3 million in sales. Meg is also a wife, fur mom to her mini golden doodle Luna, actress and singer, and diehard Harry Potter fan. She truly hopes to help as many women as possible build wealth for themselves and their families in a way that lights them up every single day. I think you'll really love this episode because Meg and I have very similar values in how we run our businesses. So buckle up because she's going to share some really great tips for continuing to build trust with your audience, even when you just don't feel like showing up. You're listening to episode 161 of the Chasing Simple podcast, and I'm your host, Amanda Warfield. This episode was brought to you by the Chasing Simple content planner, and you can grab your own at amandawarfield.com planner. How do I run a successful business from my home? How can I possibly wear all of the hats? Am I the only one that struggles with staying organized? What am I supposed to do about work-life balance? How can I create a solid schedule and routine? How do I even stay productive? And the biggest question of all, how do I manage it all? And can I really create a business that I love without being chained to my laptop? Welcome to the Chasing Simple Podcast, where hard conversations and actionable education meet simplicity. I'm your host, Amanda Warfield, time management coach, online educator, and crazy cat mama. My mission is to help overwhelmed biz owners get more done in less time so that they have more time and energy for what matters most. If you feel overwhelmed or occasionally lost in the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship, I want you to know that you aren't alone. Those things you're feeling, you aren't the first or the last to feel that way. The hard things you're going through, someone else has already been there too. Each week, I'll bring you transparent conversations, actionable steps, and a judgment-free community to encourage and equip you. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever your drink of choice is and meet me here each week for love, support, practical tips, and advice on simplifying your biz. Let's do this entrepreneurship thing together, shall we? Are you looking to improve your content with Without spending a ton of time and mental energy doing so? Whether you're looking for help knowing what to talk about, setting up content systems, or improving your launch strategy, the Chasing Simple Shop has something for you. From a year of content prompts broken up by type of content to my launch strategy mini course, which will teach you my entire strategy for launching your upcoming online course, the Chasing Simple Shop is the quick and simple way to take your content to the next level and you can get 10% off any item just for being a listener of the Chasing Simple podcast by using the code listener at checkout. Just head to amandawarfield.com shop. And again, that code for 10% off is listener. 
Megan, I'm so, so excited to have you on here. We were able to squeeze you in to the interview process in the last minute. So I'm really thrilled. And everyone who's listening is really lucky to be able to hear this right now so that they didn't have to wait until next year for it. But can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, yeah, my name is Megan Yelaney. Most of my friends call me Meg. Uh, I got started in online business 10 plus years ago now. Oh my gosh, 11. I'm so used to saying 10, but now we're in a new year. So since 2012, I signed up for my first network marketing company, first and only actually. And I kind of did what most people do in the beginning of business is I like flailed around. I did it when it was convenient. And so I didn't have a real business. It was like occasional money. And after going to a few live events and just having some things happen in my life, I was like, what am I doing? I'm sitting on this gold mine. I've seen all of these people shred their mortgages and have all this success. And they just seemed so normal and they didn't seem like they had anything special handed to them. They just did the work. And I was no like novice to hard work. I had graduated top of my class. I loved, I was like such a nerd in school. I loved studying. I loved doing the work. I loved all that stuff. So I was like, I know if there's a plan and there's a framework and I can follow it and have success, I can do it. I just wasn't consistent. And so I left one of those events, like that's it in a year, I am not going to be doing my other jobs anymore. And that pretty much happened about a year, year and a half later, I was able to quit all my side jobs. I was, um, cocktail waitressing. I was doing background work on film and television, which is not glamorous at all. It sounds cool. Everyone's like, Ooh, what's that? Like not fun. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Um, and so I was able to quit all those and just build my business and pursue performing, which is what I really wanted to do was film theater and TV. And so I was able to do both of those passions. It was really cool. Um, and then I got to this point where I just felt really restricted with the company because I could only work with people if they signed up with the company. And I had learned so much. I had learned so much from my background in marketing in school and then building a successful business. We had built it to six figures a year plus in the last few years of me working it. I was like, I have all this knowledge I want to share. And so I branched out. I started my own company with health coaching for about six months. Cause I quickly realized even though the company I was with was health, that's not why I did so great at it. It was the business part of it. And I quickly pivoted to business and life coaching. And that's where we're at today. We've been building this business since 2000, end of 2017, but really 2018 full-time. And it's been really successful. We've helped so, so many students and there's a lot, I know we can talk about what we, we, really stand out in, but we really help people build what I call a unique method to stand out on social media and just differentiate themselves, which is so important nowadays. So yeah, there's a lot more to it if you want anything specific, but that's the cliff notes version. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I, I love that you shared that, you know, you started moving into health coaching and then you realized that that wasn't what you were actually passionate about and what you were actually really great at. And I think that's such an important thing to highlight for everyone listening, because it's okay to pivot and it's okay to change. And I think in this online space where it's kind of still the wild West, where we just totally, there is no, what are you going to do when you grow up? And there's these black and white boxes and you check one off in the online space. You can really make it whatever mm -hmm. it is and whatever you want it to be. And that does take some playing around with what am I passionate about? What am I good at? Where's the, the middle line between all the things that I love and how do you figure that out? So I love that you included that in your little, little bio snippet, because I think it's an important thing for all of us to hear that you've never, 
arrived necessarily because you're always evolving as an entrepreneur. I honestly, I even joke that it's like a four-year itch for me. It's like every four years, I'm like, hmm, what do I need to change now? <laughs> and it's just because we're entrepreneurs. That's like part of the definition is we're creating and we want to change things. And sometimes we shouldn't, and we should like stay with what's tried yeah. and true. We can always <laughs> add on, you know, and I, I quickly, and something I want to differentiate is I found so many people in the health and fitness world, a lot of people that I coached ended up switching into business coaching. It was just very natural progression, but a lot of the people I saw who struggled when they switched is they switched just because they thought they'd make more money. They were like, Ooh, that seems shiny. And you know, the ROI is money. So that seems so much easier. They charge way more business coaches can charge more and all this stuff. Right. And I really just warn people against that because if you're switching for that reason, that reason alone, it's not easier. <laughs> it's, it's still building a business. Uh, you have to, in my opinion, switch for the reason I did, or at least it has to be one of the reasons you can totally want to make more money. That could be one but I knew that's where my talents lied. I was so much better at that than the health. I, I, that's what I was meant to be doing. That's why I had the success. So it's got to come from this like real deep passion and not that you would do it for free, but something that you're like, I love showing up for this, that I almost would do it for free. If I had all the money in the world, I still love doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Okay. So you help your clients learn how to show up and stand out on social media. But you also mentioned that you've, you've had quite the year before we started recording. You mentioned that. Mm -hmm. And I'm really curious to hear more about how did having such a, a tough year, mm -hmm. how did that affect your business and your ability to show up on social media? Yeah. Oh, I love this question. I think this is so important because we, I think when we get into entrepreneurship, we think we're going to just compartmentalize everything we're like, Oh, here's my life. Here's my business. They're not going to affect it all. And it's just so not how it happens. Um, that being said, you can plan. And we were kind of talking about this before we recorded. And I have some things written down that um, you said that I want to dive into and some other things too. You can plan for those moments because life's going to happen. And it's just inevitable, whether it's something really, we ended up going through two really, really tragic things last year. And so that was really hard. And I was like, there's no way I can show up right now for maybe a week, maybe a month. It depends. And so if those big things happen, it's, it's just so important to prep or if you're sick or if you have to take care of a loved one or like any, anything like that, that's maybe not as big, but still takes a lot of your energy. So one thing I want to say before I dive into like the two main, like things I actually did is I'm a fan of I'm going to always, I always butcher this phrase. I hope I say it correctly. Sharing from the scar, not the wound. Yes. Mm -hmm. I usually mix those up. <laughs> Sharing from the scar, not the wound. So I have a very, my personal brand is very transparent. I share a lot. I share, honestly, my husband and I have had such a journey in our marriage. We were separated. We got back together and we really open about it. And it's like, we're building a whole brand about it actually. So not everyone needs to be that transparent. Like I wanted to say that you share as much or as little as you want. There's no rule at all. Um, it's just who I am. And it's just something that really connected me with me with my audience. And, and when I did open up about that, it really opened up a whole new world. Um, and so I want to preface that because not everyone will be as comfortable, but one thing that I found helpful is when I'm, when I get to that moment of in it, like life is happening, whether it's really big or small, I tell my audience that something's going on, but I don't need to say what it is, right? You don't need to give details. So that happened to me last year. Um, one, one time I did say details, we lost my father-in-law. And so he passed in, in March of last year. And that was something that 
you know, I was comfortable sharing, um, but basically said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to need to take a step back for a week or two to like be there for my husband and my family, et cetera. And then a few months later, literally two months later, we ended up having a miscarriage. And that was something that I, a few months later felt comfortable sharing. And again, I can't tell you how many people in my audience were like, I've experienced this. My best friends experienced this. It actually was such a connector to my audience. So I, that's why I do end up sharing usually, but again, big disclaimer, you do not need to share details ever. If you do not want to only if you're comfortable. Um, but at the time I wasn't ready. I was like, I can't share it right now. I need to just disappear off the face of the internet for a little bit of time. And the timing was not great. I was just about to do a launch, like not a full-blown launch, but a push. I was pushing for an evergreen program. I had already told people the dates, everything was set. And I said, Hey guys, something's going on. Um, I just need to take a week, uh, and maybe two. And so we're pushing the dates. Everything's extended. All the bonuses are extended. And here's the new extension. I ended up extending it like two, three full weeks. So it gave people more time to look over everything. And we ended up having a good push period. We ended up signing a lot of clients during that time. And I have no doubt if I just said, no, put your blinders on, just go with the plan, show up and put your face on there. I would not have had the energy to. And so just me putting that like, Hey, something's going on. I'm not ready to talk about it, but I appreciate your prayers and I appreciate your love. That's one, I got a lot of love, which was really great just for my own heart. But two, it gave me that permission to be like, something's going on. I don't need to tell you right now. I was, thank you for respecting it. We're going to resume in a few, in a few weeks. And it took such a load off me. So I don't know if, if you have ever done that, or you agree with that. I understand some people don't, but that's really helped me set the stage. And then I'll share some more strategic things. So I think what I really want to point out to all the listeners that I think is so important in what you did, it's you took the time to let people know that you were going to be taking a step back Mm -hmm. for potentially two weeks, potentially longer, but you were, you were setting that expectation and making it clear that you weren't just ghosting them. And that's what I preach over and over and over again about consistency is consistency is really important. Consistency doesn't mean you show up constantly and it doesn't mean that you never go through things where you have to take a step back. It's just setting that expectation so that your people know, oh, something's going on in her personal life and she's got to take a step back and she'll be back at some point, whether it's three months from now or whatever, she'll be back versus you go to listen to your favorite podcast episode and all of a sudden there's no new episode and you're like, what's going on? Yeah. Where yeah. is it? Where's this episode? Like, ex- like on a desert island, you're like, what happened? Where they left me alone? <laughs> exactly. And it, it, when you ghost, you just chip away at the trust that you've been building. And so what you did by saying, Hey guys, I need some time. You're just building the trust even further. And then you came back when you said you would. Yep. And you build the trust even further. And so like, it's a continuation of that trust building versus tearing down the trust that you've been building. And I think that's such a key part of what you did there. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You know, I love how you put that. And Trust totally is a word that popped in my head too. And also safety, like that is such a value of mine in my programs is I want my clients to feel safe and secure and like they can be fully themselves. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Part of safety is reliability. Like they know they can come to my page and expect this amount of value. Two podcast episodes a week, a weekly email that goes over this, this, and this. And like you said, life happens and they'll so respect that. But I've seen other people. That's why I was like, I don't know if you disagree with this because I've seen people, which we're so in the same zone, which Mm -hmm. I love. I've seen people say, you don't owe your audience anything. You don't need, you can go away and you don't need to do a big, I'm coming back post. This is a relationship. 
Exactly. That's what I think. And I'm like, what? I've like, I love my audience. Like I care about them. And, and I also, I want their love and prayers. Like I got a lot out of that too. I actually really, it was such an exchange, you know, and I truly treat my community like a community. I wouldn't just go buy. I'm going to ghost you. It's like, Hey, I need some space. And I couldn't agree more. It, it instilled so much more trust because I did that. Well, and I think, I think the phrase, you don't owe your audience anything is important in some scenarios. I have, I have a client in particular who she used to put on a ton of content Mm -hmm. and over the years, she's realized this isn't sustainable. If I continue to put on this content, I can't start creating offers that I can actually sell. And so she slowly started stripping away some of the content. She still shows up two or three times a week with YouTube videos that, and it's like a ton of content, right? She puts out so much content and yet her audience gets very upset anytime she removes anything. And that's a scenario where I'm like, no, no, you don't owe them free content. You're still giving them. So I think that that phrase does have value, but I do think it gets twisted and misused, just like you're saying where, oh no, you don't need to do anything for them at all. Like it is, it's a relationship and every relationship is give and take. And if you are that friend that always shows up late for your coffee dates or ghosts your friend all the time or doesn't respond to text messages. And every month you're like, oh, sorry, it's been a month. That's a problem. And that's not a relationship. And that other person in that relationship, they're probably not going to text you that often anymore. They're not going to share what's going on in their life because they can't trust you with it. And it's yep. the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. I think you put it so well, it's the context of when that phrase is used and in this, I don't agree with it, but yeah, in your client situation, a hundred percent, you know, it's yes, really definitely. I love that. I love that. So I have two, if you want me to share like two specific things that kind of helped me, yes. um, more strategically during the time. So that the first one I said was the biggest, honestly, cause it just gives you this, like, oh, I can breathe it's out there. Like, you know, and again, what, if you want to share details, I felt, I think it was two months later, I felt comfortable sharing details, but I didn't know if I'd ever, and I was like, I'm going to give myself that permission. So Again, no, no need to share all the details if you don't want to ever, uh, but two things that you, you want, one of which you mentioned is batching. And the second is reusing and repurposing. And it's so wild how much we forget about this, myself included. I went back because I'm prepping for a launch and I went back to my old content for the launch. And I'm like, I have so much good stuff here that I can build off of. Like, sure. I can use a current trend or I can use a sound or I can make it, you know, fit whatever social media platforms are prioritizing. But the hardest part is coming up with the idea that's done. That's already proven. The strategy. Yeah. It's already works. It's like, why are we recreating wheels? So those are two things that I heavily, heavily leaned on, especially last year. And I love batching. And I think like we said before we started recording because of trends and all like, and things like that, it's hard sometimes to, but what I also found is a lot of these trends, I noticed you don't have to be face to camera necessarily speaking. It can be a B-roll video with text over it that I can do from my phone without having to show up on camera, or I can have a team member do that, you know? And so there's so many ways for you to batch. And when I like to think of it is I'll have days where if I'm feel ready. And I feel good. I'm like, let me get a bunch of B-roll and I'm just going to kind of record my day. And this is if you're using TikTok or Instagram in particular. Um, and I'll just get tons of clips all throughout and I'll save them to a folder. And I have that to use. And then there'll be days that I will record face to camera videos because I just, again, I feel really on and I'm like, okay, what lead magnet am I wanting to really drive people to in the next few months? 
Um, cause usually I have an idea of that. I'm going to film five to 10 videos that could lead to that for those moments later on. Right. So batching, I think is so huge and then reusing repurposing. And this is something that we've actually been doing for a new account. I created that's we're building to be more of like an educational account in association with my personal brand. Um, and my OBM is literally going back into the archives, taking old things and recreating them slightly for this new page, but they're still so relevant. And so something that we've been, we've been doing is saving all of our content in ClickUp, which is the project management tool we use. So whatever you use, honestly, it could be a Google sheet. Like it does not matter. It doesn't have to be fancy, but saving your content just in case things disappear. I've had clients, whole Instagrams disappear and can't get it back. It doesn't happen often, but man, it sucks when it does. So definitely save content. And that way you can organize it too by topic. So You can organize it either by like pillar in your content. So maybe for you, let's say you're a business coach and you talk about IDO client, you talk about launching, you talk about Instagram marketing, whatever it is, and you can have them categorized that way. You could also do it by offer. So by offer suite, and it totally depends on, on how you want to organize it, but I would organize it that way. So it's easily findable and you can search it in your project management tool and, and just grab from it that way. And then I'd also add one more element to that is the style of content. So if it was like a reel or video or a carousel, you can add that. The other angle you could take is, was it a teaching point an educational post, or was it a storytelling connection type post? Or were you telling a personal opinion and giving your stand for stand against? Those are kind of three different types that I like to rotate between. And that way you can go, huh, I have objection and objection handling is another one. I've objection handled this week, but I haven't shared a story connection post. And I know I want that, but I don't want to be front facing. Let's go pull from what I've already done. Maybe throw up some B-roll, take a lot of the same caption. And there we go. And it's just so much simpler than we think. Yes. Will it take time? Totally. But when you're in it and life is happening, at least for me and most of the people I've worked with, it's not so much, sometimes it's actually work and you literally can't work and you already told your people you'd be away. So that's fine. But if you're like, I can do a little bit behind the scenes or have it, if you have a team that can help you, it's just the face to camera that I didn't want to do. I just didn't want to be on at all. I wanted to be in my bed, in my pajamas watching TV most of the day. <laughs> and so I could do a little bit of that and post it, right? If I wanted to, um, or scheduling emails, things like that, like things that don't take so much of your face or any of your face to show up emails. If you're Pinterest and blogging, those kinds of things that can still go on and you can still have that prepped ahead of time. And if you, if you do prep your content ahead of time, I know some people who prep it months ahead, then you're already good to go. Like you already have all that ready to go and you don't have to even worry or take a beat, even though you are taking a beat. Well, and that's why I push content matching so much because yeah. the likelihood of something happening it's a hundred percent. The <laughs> likelihood much. of it happening during your batch week is a lot lower than that. And I don't have statistics for it or anything, but <laughs> sure. Maybe sometimes your batch week will coincide with something happening where you're just like, I can't handle it this week, but then you just pick it back up when you can versus if you are consistently batching your content month after month after month, and you've scheduled it out when something happens, it's not a big deal for you to disappear behind the scenes and not show up on stories or TikTok or something like that, because you've got all your other content going out, your long form content, your emails, your feed posts, those are still going out and nurturing your people for you and you don't have to show your face. And so it's happening. And frankly, even if it's not something major that's happening, we all go through those phases throughout the month where it's like, I don't want to show my face today. 
I just don't want to. I am going to go spend time with my spouse or I'm going to stay in bed all day because I feel like it. And, you know, we all go through those things and it's so important to make sure that you've got some kind of plan for batching your content and scheduling it out, having that content that you can easily repurpose because you can take an old TikTok, download it through Snapchat, remove the watermark and then upload it as a story. And that that's a great story for the day. And Hey, you showed up for your people and you didn't actually have to do anything. I love that. I love that. And it's even to what we said in the beginning, if you have that kind of situation, you don't even need to tell your audience something's going on. You can just keep operating as normal if you really don't want to. And that's totally cool. I even have an old mastermind client who always, I think she still does this. She found that her weekend engagement was so much higher, which I find that too, but I like usually take off a whole, at least a whole day from stories, just my brain to be off too. And instead she has her OBM repurpose old trainings, but call it out and say, Hey, this is a really popular training. This was so well-received that I did a few months ago. I'm going to show it for you. So she's saying this is repurposed, but it was so valuable. Here's it again for you. Maybe it was even longer. It might've been six months to a year before then. And I always thought that was kind of cool. I was like, I love that. Cause she wanted to take advantage of the increased engagement on the weekends, but she didn't want to be on, on the weekends. And I was like, that's call it out. I love that. Like my team is doing this for me. That's cool. Well, and it's interesting because we, we have so much fear surrounding the idea of repurposing content. And we, we fear that people are going to think less of us for some reason, if we're reusing content that we've put out before, but nobody cares. No, <laughs> nobody cares. If I see someone repurpose content, I'm like, good for you. I would if, like, if you tell me you repurpose it, I wouldn't have noticed it anyways. Let's be real. And if someone does notice they are your diehard fans mm-hmm. and will probably sign up with you or are just obsessed with you. And Maybe won't. I don't know. But like, exactly. I would never notice if someone did. I, I don't pay that close attention to anyone, you know? No. So well, there's does, just so much coming at you all the time. Like yeah. it's impossible. Your Unless brain it was like incredibly memorable and it was really specific, you know? Um, but otherwise I actually, it's kind of perfect timing this morning. I posted a reel that I did about a year ago. Cause it's so perfect represents what I'm doing this workshop tomorrow. And it like exactly represents the workshop. I was like, Oh, last minute sign up for the workshop. I, I replaced the song with a trending song. That's all I did. And I slightly changed the caption, but pretty much it took me five minutes. And I was like, this is great. I'm so excited. I have found this again, you know? And it was awesome. There's so, there's just so much out there and there's so much going on. And when things start trending at first, they'll have some sort of template that people are using, but within a day or two, the sound is just being used over literally anything. And so you can just put a trending sound over anything. It doesn't have to be the dance that people are doing or the exact format. It doesn't matter. And it's interesting because I think about when I read books, I read a lot of books throughout the year, similar to ingesting a lot of content. I mean, I guess books are content, but you know, Mm -hmm. 99% of the time, I don't remember what happened. I can reread a book over and over again. And every time I'm like, oh, that's a great ending. I had no idea that was coming because my brain forgets because it cannot hold all of this content in there. It's the same thing with our actual like content, content, our marketing content. Totally. I, I agree. I try to read like really great books more than once for that exact same reason. I read the big leap last year and I was like, I need to read this again. And I read it back to back. I was like, read it again. You're, you're going to find, and I found hundred percent found new things, you know, and, and you'll even find people when you repurpose your content. If you go back, I bet you, you'll have some of the same people comment. 
like they never saw it and be like, oh my gosh, this, this is so smart. This is so great. It just landed this way. Or you can also, this is something else you can do with repurposing, which I'm sure you talk about so much is take the same piece of content and just put it out in slightly different ways. And it's exactly the same message, but it's just shared. Like maybe one's a carousel post, maybe one's a face to camera talking. Maybe one is a B-roll with the same exact message, but said three slightly different ways. It's going to land for the different learners, the different buyers, you know? And so that's something I try to do myself as I won't do them in a row. I'll do like one on a Monday, then one on the next Wednesday, and then one on the following week's Thursday or something. So it's spaced out, but it's, it, it needs to land. And I think it's what seven people need to hear things at least seven times before making a purchase decision. And maybe that's even higher now with all the distractions, but you're not redundant. And I think that's a big thing we need to remember is they need to hear the message over and over and over again. Well, and you do yourself and your people a disservice if you're not repeating yourself, because yeah. just like you said, when you've read the big leap the second time, you got a ton more from it. Every time you read a new piece of info or an old piece of information, you get something different from it. And so if you're not repeating yourself, they're not going to get all of that goodness from it. Exactly. Yeah. And it just saves you energy. I think people are so overwhelmed with content creation and showing up all the time. Again, especially when life is happening and you probably have so much already that you can use. So try not to like start from scratch. I'm prepping a challenge right now that I'm doing in about a month. And it's stuff I've taught. It's stuff that's in my program. So I'm like, don't start from scratch. Take some of what you've already done, add to it, make it current, all of that. But man, it flew out so much faster because of that. You already, pretty much nothing is brand new anymore, except maybe like AI stuff and things that we're learning, you know, that kind of stuff is, but it's like, you have that base that you can work off of. And it's so much easier too, when you start with that. That's such a good point too, for creating new offers is to repurpose and reuse what you've already got. I wrote my book in less than a week because I just reuse things that I talked about over and over and over and over again. I mean, it was the rough draft, right? Like it, she still needs some work, but <laughs> all of the content that's inside of that book is stuff that I've talked about a hundred times yeah. in a hundred different ways throughout my podcast and my emails and my social media. And I just took it and put it all into one thing cohesively that makes sense. Yeah. I love that. Congrats on writing a book. That's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) It's like no easy feat. Even if you did in a week, it's hard. (laughs) The writing was easy. The editing is the hard part. That one's fun. Oh gosh. Um, I can imagine. Lots of mindset stuff. Okay. So what other tips do you have for showing up when you just don't feel like showing up? When you don't. Yeah. So when you don't feel like showing up, everything we just mentioned will be, I think the guiding light for most of it. But I would look at ways you can show up again without necessarily using your face. So something I love to do, especially if we're talking like Instagram stories, for example, but you honestly could do this with feed posts with anything is I, I usually batch photo shoots. Like I'll take a photo shoot and I'll have it for like six to eight months. I could use these photos and I will throw up a photo shoot and a picture and ask a, like a question that I know is going to resonate with my audience to start that conversation. And then I'll do like a training or a teaching just through photos. And again, I'll start from using past things that I already have. It won't, the idea doesn't have to start from scratch. Um, but that's one way that it's like, I can still give value without showing my face. And I would even say, I probably put my face on camera currently, maybe three times a week on my stories. 
And I probably could do it more. It's there's no reason to it, but it's because I know that myself too, I want to consume different. I don't want to just see the same thing every single day. And so I think adding variety, like a photo shoot photo, a B-roll video with the text over it, then a, a poll on the next one with a picture of you, then maybe it's, it's a face to camera talking, like see how you can kind of switch it up. And so on those days that you're just like, mm, not feeling it, you can use B-roll, you can use photos and, and questions and engaging things like that for your audience. And this is something that it's kind of outside the scope of what you asked, but I've just been doing it lately and it's been working. So I wanted to share, it's an old hack. It's not new, but I think we need to remember it. Sometimes I forgot about it is views on stories, at least across the board for my clients have been and myself incredibly low, like disheartening. It's very sad. And so I said, okay, I'm going to go back to that old tried and true and start from let my stories die and then start with an engagement poll that has nothing to do with my business and just like shows my personality. And I've been doing this for the last like four weeks and I have a theme for it. And it's about washing clothes, which sounds so silly, but I go like, how often do you reuse your towel until you wash it after you shower? How often do you wash your sheets? Learning a lot about people's hygiene, which is really interesting, but it's been so engaged. It right away spikes the views, gets people going. And it just like, kind of breaks the ice a little bit. And I don't need to put my face on camera for that. I just throw up like a question with it, maybe like a picture of a towel or something. And the only reason I mentioned that is because I think during those times when you don't feel like it, remember too, your audience doesn't always feel like it either. And sometimes they can't just learn, 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 learn. They want to just laugh, have fun, get to know the personal side of you. So throwing that stuff in, even if it's like, hey, I'm having kind of a tough day and here's how I self-care. I'm Netflix in bed or I'm bubble bath or I go for a walk or whatever it is. How do you, and asking them because they don't just want to talk about what your business is all the time. They're humans. And so kind of including them in the conversation could work as well for increasing engagement. Well, and I also think an important point there that you brought up is the fact that you don't have to show up every single day. Yeah. It's okay to let your stories die out. It's okay to just show up a few times a week. You don't have to show up constantly in order to be consistent and still have that trust with your people. Exactly. I love that. I love that you said in the beginning, like consistency doesn't equal every day. It's what can you commit to? If you Mm -hmm. tell your email list, you're going to email them every Monday, email them every Monday, but you don't need to email them. Some people email their list every day. You don't need to do that. You know, some people do a podcast once a week. Some do two weeks. Some do one a month. Just be consistent with that. I love that you brought that up. So huge. Yeah, it's a big part of that, building that trust with your audience. Okay, so if you could give everyone an action step for this episode, what would it be? I would say the biggest action step, this is going to be simple for you. Simple, but people are resistant to doing it for some reason. If you're utilizing TikTok or Instagram, which I'm assuming a lot of people listening are utilizing one of those two, take today. I want you to, okay, maybe not today. I want you to schedule in the next 48 hours or 72 hours. We'll say 72 in the next 72 hours, schedule a day that you're going to take B-roll footage from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. And I want to challenge you that you can get B-roll footage for like 30 days plus worth of content in one day, switch up your shirts, switch up your outfits throughout the day and take videos of you literally pouring your coffee being on your, your computer, recording a podcast, being on a client call, walking your dog, um, making dinner, like all the things that you do. I know it seems like, oh, that's not interesting to watch. Yeah, you've all seen those TikToks that have this like really powerful message over 
someone pouring a cup of coffee and it goes viral. <laughs> it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. So I think it's just when it comes to actually making the video, we don't have the video. So spend a day, get that all done. You're going to be set for, for at least 30 days. Absolutely. Or longer if you repurpose and reuse. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So if you could get everyone a book recommendation, what would it be? Well, I did say the big leap and that is definitely one of, that was probably the most impactful book for me last year. Um, so I love, love, love that one. But one that I read this, this year, no, last year, last year, near the end of the year, that I'm going to reread and I've had my sister read and my dad start to read is Atomic Habits, mm -hmm. which is such a classic, but I hadn't actually read it until last year. And at fun fact, James Clear's email, so consistent every Thursday, I get it in my inbox is one of the only emails that actually open and read fully every single week and look forward to. Um, he's incredible. I love the book. I feel like I've got my discipline and habits down really well, but I still learned so much. And I was like, Oh, why don't I do that? I need to have it stack. I need to. And, and I actually implemented, it was like one of the books that wasn't overwhelming that I could implement. So I love atomic habits. Yeah. I love, I love both of those. Actually. They're both really good books. So we will link those in the show notes friends so that you can check them out. Okay, Meg, I know that everyone is just like, yes, this is my person. I need someone that, <laughs> you know, preaches how to show up in, in another way that's sustainable and simply where can they find you? Yes. No, thank you so much. This has been so great. You can find me over on Instagram uh, at Megan Yelaney. It's the same everywhere. Pretty much TikToks, Megan Yelaney websites, Megan Yelaney. So M-E-G-A-N-Y-E-L-A-N-E-Y, but I definitely hang out over there most. And then we also have a podcast. So you're already listening to one. Um, if you go over to the pretty awkward entrepreneur, it's hashtag pretty awkward. You'll definitely, I don't think there's any other podcast with that hashtag. Uh, you'll, you'll find our podcast and that's definitely where we are most consistent and give the most value, I would say. And if you guys love this podcast, I think you'll definitely love pretty awkward because as Meg's already said, she, she has a lot of really similar values to what I have. And so you're going to find a similar undercurrent over there as well. So highly recommend that you guys go check that out. Meg, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you coming on and just sharing, sharing about, you know, what you went through, but also about how you continue to show up for your people throughout all of that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me here today, friend. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a rating and review. This is a great way to help spread the word about this podcast and help other wonderful women like yourself find it. You can find this episode show notes as well as tons of other great resources over at amandawarfield.com. And if you aren't following me on Instagram yet, I'd love to connect with you over there. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. Shoot me a DM and tell me what you loved most about this episode. Thanks for being here, friend. I'll see you next time.